Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor. Awesome, awesome. Well, welcome to Sunday service at Church on the North Coast. You guys are beautiful. I'm happy and excited to be here. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, like Pastor Mike said, uh, next week you just, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Pastor Tossie is amazing. He's an awesome a man of God. And am I forgetting something, Pastor? Ah, ah, let's pray over the offer. Hold that up. Hold your, well, let's just pray. You guys already, uh, you already collected. Let's just pray over it. Father, we thank you right now for this opportunity that you gave us to give back to your kingdom. Everything that we have comes from you, Lord, and we are just so thankful that you have given us this opportunity to be part of what you are doing right here in this earth, Lord. We bless you. I pray, Father, that you would bless each seed, each gift, and bless each giver, God. We thank you that you're allowing us to just uh, uh, partner up with you and your mission right here. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, joy is your compass and Jesus is your destination. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, so, uh, Pastor Michelle and I always love to count our blessings. And uh, my blessing today is that we found out yesterday that my son Braxton made the baseball team. Come on. Come on. This is, his, this is his first year, his first year playing baseball, and, and he went out there and rocked it out uh, during um, uh, the uh, uh, tryouts and uh, found out yesterday we got the email that he made it. So congratulations, buddy. I'm excited for you. All right, so let's uh, read our declaration together. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's, can we give it up for the worship team? Man. Man. You know, like, I mean, who knew, right? Who knew? Tim's been sitting right over there this whole time, you know, and God has just been saying, okay, I'm going to keep using you. I'm going to keep, as long as you keep saying, yeah, I'm going to keep using you. So thank you so much for just continuing to just be obedient to the Lord, Tim. That was amazing. That was amazing. Well, let's pray. Father God, uh, we surrender to your leading today, God. I pray that you would open our ears to hear your word, God. Open our spirits to receive it and digest it. We're here for you, Jesus. That's all. This isn't about the man of a, uh, the ministry of a man, Father. This is about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we just ask you to come in here and saturate this place. Surround us, Lord. Fill this place up with your glory. We don't want to leave out of here the same way we walked in here. We just want to be closer to you, Jesus. So we love you and we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, amen. amen, amen, amen. Well, more and more doctors are running their offices like assembly lines. So one day a guy walked into the doctor's office and he walked up to the receptionist and she asked him, what do you have? He said shingles. So she took his name and address and medical insurance number and told him to have a seat. About 15 minutes later, the nurse's aide came out. She said, what do you have? He said shingles. So she took down his, his medical history, his height, his weight, and she told him, okay, go ahead and wait in the uh, examining room. About a half hour later, the nurse came in. She said, what do you have? He said, shingles. 
So she took his blood pressure, gave him a blood pressure test, uh, uh, um, I gave him an electrocardiogram, and told him to, did I say that right? Okay. <laughs> and told him to take all of his clothes off and wait for the doctor. About an hour later, the doctor came in and said, what do you have? He said, shingles. He looked at him, he said, where? He said, out in the truck, where you want them? <laughs> two ways to look at that, right? <laughs> Either this, this delivery man passed a patient's test, or he was like silly because he could have told him what kind of shingles he had when he walked in the building, right? So today I just want to talk to you about patience, about patience. Our lives are filled with situations that test our patience. You agree? Like, what do you think your spiritual patience maturity level is, if that's a thing? Like, how do you, re- how do you respond to the guy who's texting when the light turns green? Yeah? Or how, how do you respond to when you pull up to the window and they say, can you just pull up forward there? We'll, we'll bring your food right out to you. I'm like, I gave you 50 feet to prepare my food. <laughs> How do you respond to the person that you pull up on on the highway and, and they're driving 50 miles an hour in the fast lane? Hmm. Hmm. Do you ride their tail? Do you, do you jump over another lane and mean mug them? Like, what do you do? What do you do? How do you respond in the grocery store to the lady who's leaning on her cart, shuffling down the aisle, looking at every can with a number two pencil in her ear? (laughs) Y'all done seen this lady. That's why (laughs) y'all You've been behind this lady. How do you respond to that? Here's the the kicker. Three letters. D-M-V. Oof. Not only do you have to be in that dimly lit building, everybody in there hates life in the shows. <laughs> like, I'm just sharing some stuff with y'all that I've, situations I've been in that I almost lost my salvation in. So how do you wait? Like, have you ever thought about how many times, how much time we spend waiting? I looked it up, and it, uh, over the span of our lives, they show a report, a report that we wait about three to four months at red lights over the span of our lives, average, the average life. We wait about four and a half months just waiting in lines. We wait about a year and a half cooking, watching water boil. It's not, that doesn't include the Sattler household. Yeah, we don't, hey. <laughs> I think the Britain household might be about Three years. Y'all cook good. If you ain't never had no food from them folks right there, I'm telling you, you should ask them to bring a plate. <laughs> we spend about four years in our cars. In our cars. When you add it all up, we spend about four to five years of our lives just waiting. Patience is a quality that we all need, yet it's one of those qualities that's really hard to live out. Patience is the most powerful quality we can possess in life because it it, it affects every area in our lives. 
right? It, it, it affects our, our marriages. It affects our families. It affects our friendships. It affects our relationship with God. Patience isn't something that God just gives us. Like, we don't come into the world with patience. Like, when I, me and Pastor Michelle were talking about this the other night, and, you know, when our kids, when they were babies, think about that. We don't come into the world with patience. When they were babies, they were up every night crying because they were hungry. Now, we couldn't walk into that room and lean over the crib and say, okay, baby, I hear you. I love you. I hear you crying, but it's so early in the morning. I really don't want to get up this early. If you would just be patient, if you just be patient, I'll get up and, and, and come feed you in a couple of hours, right? Like, how do you think that would work out? I'll tell you, before you cross the threshold of that door, that baby would be screaming and crying again because that baby is selfish and it's impatient and it wants what it wants and it wants it right now. And some of us still haven't grown up. So let's go to the text. Uh, We're going to go to James 5, 7 through 8, and this is in the Amplified. It says, so wait patiently, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. The farmers wait expectantly for the precious harvest from the land, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You too, be patient, strengthen your hearts, keep them energized and firmly committed to God because the coming of the Lord is near. You see, after this farmer plants seed, like he, he just has to be patient. He just has to be patient. He has to wait for the rain in the early season to come to wet the seed so they would ferment. I'm sorry, so they would germinate. He's got to wait for the rain to come in the late season so the crops can grow and mature. The farmer just needs to wait patiently. He's got to rely on God for the rain. He can't do anything to make this rain come. He's just got to trust in God. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. He goes to bed. He gets up. He comes out, he fertilizes uh, uh, the crops, goes to bed, gets up, comes out, he pulls the weeds, he gets up, comes out, or goes to bed, comes out, he has to, to, to spray for pests. He's always staying connected to his field, in the weight. One of the things he also did here that I thought was noteworthy um, is the second part of verse 7. It says, so wait patiently, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. It says that this farmer waits expectantly, expectantly. One of the reasons I think we're so frustrated today is is I don't think it has to do with our circumstances so much or even that we have to wait. I think it's because we're waiting without expectancy. Most of us are just waiting without expectancy. This is uh, one of the first points here in my message about developing patience, is we need to wait with expectancy. We need to wait with expectation. Like, it does something. It just does something to your soul when you get up every day and start the day expecting that something good is going to happen in your life today. Like when you get up every day with, with aggressively and intentionally expecting for something good to happen at any moment, it changes your DNA. When you wake up and you say, today, today is going to be the day that my harvest is coming. Today is going to be the day. Today is going to be the day that I, that I receive my healing. That's today. 
Today is going to be the day that I see a change in my child. That is today. When you wake up with expectancy, it changes you. The devil wants you to stay hopeless. He wants you to stay hopeless. But you have to come full of expectancy every single day. Waiting patiently, those two words in the Hebrew, it means to be in a position of hope and expectation. So it just means that, that you're, op- you're, you're, pers- you're posturing yourself, being hopeful and, and having expectations. It means that you're always looking and you're always expecting for God to do something amazing in your life. Amen? But like this farmer, you can't, you can't, just, you can't just stay just looking. You know what I mean? You can't just stand around looking. While you're looking, you have to stay bound and connected to Jesus. You have to stay bound and connected to his word. You have to stay in the face of Jesus. You have to, you have to uh, get up and talk to Jesus every day. You have to get up and walk with Jesus every day. You got to get up and stay in his face. You have to stay at his feet every single day. And this is where a lot of us Christians get it, we get tripped up, where we get it mixed up. Because most of the time, I think some of us wake up with expectations of God. But when he doesn't respond in your time frame, then you want to give up on him. That's when you want to you stop praying, you want to stop reading your Bible, you want to stop going to life group, you want to stop coming to church, you want to just give up on Jesus completely when God doesn't respond in our time frame. And unfortunately, I think this is where we miss out on what God is trying to do, the transformative work that he's trying to do in our lives, is when we just give up on him. And it's because we don't like being uncomfortable. That's all. We're impatient. We don't like being uncomfortable. In Colossians 3.12, it says, So as God's own chosen people, who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, it says, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper. And notice, notice that it says, put on, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's your responsibility. It's not the pastor's responsibility. It ain't a friend's responsibility. It ain't Joel Osteen's responsibility for you to watch. You have to yourself get up every day and put on gentleness, put on kindness, put on humility, put on your patience. That is your job. And we can find a lot of things that are unpleasant and discomforting, but what we have to, what we forget sometimes is that God's purpose in our lives isn't for ease, comfort, and and pleasure. That's not his purpose in our lives. God's purpose in our lives is to grow us up and mature us. The Bible says that he predestined that every one of his kids Every saved person will be conformed to the likeness and the image of Jesus. That is what, that's our desire. That's what our desire has to be, is to look and walk and talk like Jesus. And that is God's purpose in our lives. He wants to develop us and mature the fruit of the Spirit, one of those being patience, inside of us. So we should wait with expectations because there's benefits in the wait. In that relationship, there's relationship in the weight. There's intimacy in the weight. But you have to get up every single day, and you have to put it on. Amen? And we all, 
I don't know, some of us are better at patience, being patient than others. At our house during Christmas, Pastor Michelle, right, she wraps all the gifts for everybody. I mean, she wraps my gifts, she wraps all of our kids, all six of them, she wraps their gifts. Uh, she wraps all of our, our, her, her nephew's gifts, um, our granddaughter, any, every gift she wraps and she puts it under the tree. It looks nice and beautiful. It looks like the McAllister's, you know, house when, when, when we come down for Christmas. <laughs> and she can put all those, those presents under the tree on December 1st. Nobody will touch them. We'll all look at because everybody waits with expectations. Now, Pastor Michelle, on the other hand, I have to order her gifts and have a mail to the church. I got to have mail to the neighbor's house. Matt lives right next door. I got to have mailed over there. I didn't have a mail to our daughter Trisha's house. You know, I didn't have a mail everywhere. And then I got to wait to collect them. I got to wait to collect them. I wait till three o'clock in the morning to, to wrap them. And then I have to hide them in places that I almost forget sometimes because she's so excited that she doesn't exercise the fruit of the spirit <laughs> of patience. <laughs> and I, I'm worried that she's actually going to unwrap them and she's done it before. She, she told me. She's unwrapped it and wrapped it back. She's so excited. And so I just need you today, church. I just need you to pray that the Holy Spirit would develop patience inside of Pastor Michelle. Just during Christmas, like she's solid any other time. Solid. You are. You are solid any other time. But as December rolls around, I'm going to be leaning on y'all, okay? All right. So wait with expectation. Just wait. Second point in developing patience is don't interfere. Don't interfere. Don't interfere with what, Pastor? Don't interfere with God's plan. He's got, he's got a plan. Don't interfere with it. Listen, you know what I've discovered? I've discovered that God has been God for a long time. And I figured out that he knows what he's doing, and he does not need my assistance. So in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, they said not to add to or take away from the Bible, but I think at the end of there it should say uh, to give you a future and a hope without your help. He doesn't need our assistance. He knows what he's doing. He's God. He doesn't need us jumping in there helping out. Trusting God means that we just don't interfere with his plans, even if we're not satisfied with his timing. When we get sick of waiting, we just assume, ooh, God needs my help now. Right? He needs my help. And so we attempt to manipulate situations to speed the process up so it benefits us. And we see this happen in Genesis where God tells uh, Abraham and, and Sarah that they're going to have a baby at their old age. And so they wait, and they wait, and they wait. 
They know that God's going to do something. They just don't know when or how he's going to do it. And so eventually, Sarah, her impatience leads her to make a decision, to, to, to manipulate his plan. And so she leads, she gives Abraham, uh, she tells him to sleep with her, her servant Hagar and, and, and have, so they can have their promised child. But that's, that's not how God planned it. And a lot of us today are still trying to manipulate the situation to get what we want from God when he already has a plan. God's plan in their lives still got accomplished because his plan and his purpose will always prevail. But why wander around in the desert for 40 years when your trip was only supposed to take 11 days? Stop trying to manipulate his plan. We got to learn to just to, to be patient. Be still. Let God be God. When my son was about five or six years old, and Pastor Michelle noticed it too. When he was about five or six years old, he had five or six year old energy, you know? And 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 so he, you know, he would always he'd say, I say, Braxton, I say, be still, man. He said, okay. I said, Bryson, control your body. He said, all right, all right, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I believe that's what our, our spirits look like to God when we try to go ahead of him. When we try to move ahead of God, that's what our spirits look like to him. You know, God is saying, he's saying, be, be still. And we're just like, all right, okay. Hi, what's your name? <laughs> he said, be still. Okay, all right. Okay. <sighs> you got a man? You got a boyfriend? He said, draw near, be still. Okay, okay. All right. <sighs> he said, be still. I said, okay, God, okay, listen, listen, you told me you had somebody special for me. I prayed for it, and I, and, and I like her. I like her. And God is saying, listen, I know, I know you like her. I know what, what, what you prayed for. I know what I said. And, and she is the one. Just not yet. Just not right now. See, God's got a lot of things prepared for us, but he's got to get us prepared for the things that he has for us. I used to ask God, why, why, why is this happening? Why, you know, why is this happening to me? You know, and then I graduated from that, from the why question. And then I started to ask him, what do you want me to learn in this? What do you want me to learn in this? What are you trying to teach me? Right? What are you trying to teach me in this situation? But I've learned recently, when I was studying for this message, what I learned was when we're facing trials and dilemmas and, and detours and roadblocks, you know, sometimes it's not always that he's trying to teach us something. Consider this. 
He may be trying to unteach you something. You may need to unlearn something. Because over, over our lifespan, we, we just develop these bad habits that, 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 that in our lives that we actually cause storms in our lives. Right? Which we can cause storms in other people's lives because it's things that we need to unlearn. God is saying, yeah, I know you prayed. I know that. I know what I told you. And she is the one. But there's some stuff in your life that I need to unteach you. You're still smoking. You're still drinking. You're still watching pornography. You're still gambling. You're still doing all these things. So there's some stuff that I need to teach you or unteach you before I give you my daughter. There's some stuff I need to, 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 to build in your life, to mature in your life. So the answer isn't no. It's just not yet. It's just wait. Be still. And just wait. Because he is the Lord Almighty, and he knows so much more than any of us could ever think or imagine. He knows. It was already predestined in your life. So just be still. I came to realize that no matter how frustrated I get, I'm not going to rush God. You ain't going to rush him. 2.5 miles an hour is what I think the walk is, the tempo is in heaven. The walk, the average speed of a human being walking. And waiting is just a fact of life. So whatever it is that you're waiting for today, I encourage you, I encourage you, I encourage you to just wait well. Wait on him. Amen? We can make it easier in our lives, easier on ourselves, if we would just come to agreement with God and his plan. And his plan is perfect. No matter what it looks like in your life right now, his plan is perfect. But it's in his time, not ours. The third point for developing our patience is to count it all joy. Count it all joy, y'all. Oh, yeah. James 1, 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Anybody in this room ever had drama in their life? You know, one, two, three, oh, four. Yeah, it's a couple of y'all. It's a couple of you. If, you. if you if you ain't got your hand raised, don't worry about it. Just keep breathing. Just keep breathing. I promise you that drama will come visit you. You just keep on breathing. Don't worry about it. It will come visit you. No matter, it will come see you. You ain't got to invite it over. It'll come over. Matter of fact, drama has a key to your house. And it will come over uninvited. It will walk right in, no matter, you can be in the shower. It, drama don't care. It'll walk right in your house. It'll come sit down at your dining room table. It'll eat a bowl of cereal. It'll eat, drink your last little bit of milk. Drama will come visit you. You are required to hang out with drama in your life. But I wanted to end this message with this point because this passage became significant to me recently. You know, 
drama came to visit me. And I don't know about a lot of you guys, but most of the time I experience drama, it's, got, it's, it's with my family, right? And I ain't talking about my, immediately fam my immediate family right here, which we have drama too. But I'm talking, I'm talking about my cocoa butter family. That makes sense? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I was just recently going through a trial, and in this trial, I received a text. And I received this text, and I didn't know, I looked at it, and I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to, how to respond to it. I was taken aback by it. I'm, I'm like, what in the, what in, and, and you, make sure, we, is it just us in here, y'all? Is it just us? Okay. Make sure ain't nobody, we ain't got no, ain't nobody else here. Like, You ever wanted to just cuss somebody out? <laughs> like, just cuss somebody out. I said, what in the world? I didn't know what to do about it. And so I did. I went over to, I went to my wife. And I said, would you look at this? Look at it. Will you look at this? Look at this. And she looked at it, you know, and she read it, and she said, she said, oh, I'm so sorry. She said, well, think about, think about just responding like this. And she told me how to respond. And she said, listen, babe, don't let it steal your joy, or don't let it steal your peace. Count it all joy. And she walked off. Count it all joy. Who responds like that? Who responds? Count it all joy. Like how many of you are like, praise the Lord, I'm undergoing a trial. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. Count it all joy. But none of us respond that way because it's unnatural. It's unnatural for us to respond like that. But do you believe the Bible? Do you believe the Bible? Because James, the brother of Jesus, said that we should count it all joy. Count, that word count, he tells us what to do in our trials. Count, he says, count it all joy. Like, what does that mean? That just means when you're going over, when you're inventorying your life and you're going over all the events and the affairs and all the wonderful stuff that, that has gone on in your life and you're thinking about it and you're writing your biography and you're putting it all on talk. He, he, he's saying, don't just... Don't just think about the good stuff. He said, think about, I need you to, to count the bad stuff too. Count the bad stuff too. Because we, we have this a tendency, you know, he's saying don't skip it, don't miss it, don't ignore it. Because we have a tendency just to, to put all of our stuff in two different columns, you know what I mean? We, we, we have the good stuff and then we have the bad stuff. We got the stuff that, 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 that makes us happy and the stuff that, that makes us not so happy, right? Well, James is saying, stop divvying stuff up. Stop putting stuff in two different categories. He's saying, take it all and put it all in the joyful column. 
Put everything in the joyful column, right? Because you're not giving God glory by only talking about your good stuff. He didn't have to pull you out of good stuff. He had to pull you out of the, the devastating stuff, out of the stuff that, that, that you found like a death. You know, he had to pull you out of the bowels of hell. That's what, that's what happened to us. So talk about that stuff too. That's how you give him glory. So he tells us what to do. Count it all joy. He also tells us here when, when to do it. Count it all joy. When do you do it? He said when you fall into various trials. When we fall into various trials. He didn't say if you fall into various trials. He said when you fall into various trials, drama will come see you, regardless of who you are. I don't care who what you can be. Pastor Troy, you can be Dr. Kayton. You can be, I don't care who you are, drama will come see you, no matter who you are, as long as you're breathing. So he says, when various trials, when you fall into various trials, you know, and that just means that when he says various trials, that means that various trials are, 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 are you got a various trial that's ending, you got another various trial that's beginning. You know what I mean? You got just when your marriage is getting patched up, all of a sudden uh, the baby mama sends a text and you got baby mama drama all of a sudden. You know what I mean? You got various trials. Just when you paid your credit card down, your husband take, jumps on a Harley and takes off to Daytona and starts swiping the credit card like he got a new job. You know what I mean? Just when you scrounged up all the money to pay that bill off, Bam! Just like that, it's another bill in the mail. There's various trials that are just going to come visit you, you know, and life is tricky because life just kind of pushes up on you. You know, you don't even know what, what it, what's happening or when it's happening. If I had a couple of problems a year, that'd be great, but that's not how it is. That's not how it is. Every day, we got to deal with pain, drama, and challenges all around us that are out of our control. And James is just telling us, when those various trials come, don't be depressed, don't get down, don't get frustrated, don't ask, why me, why now? He's saying, just count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it joy. That means when you get fired from your job, count it joy. When, when you have to file for bankruptcy, just count it joy. When he decides to walk out on you, count it joy. God is always doing something in the wait. Count it all joy and wait on him. So he tells us what to do. He tells us when to do it. And then he tells us why, why we should do it. Count it all joy when you get these various trials in your life. Why? Because knowing, you'll know, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Knowing. And see, testing, that word testing, God doesn't tempt us. He tests us. There's a difference. Right? When, you, when you're tempted, you're, somebody's tempting you. They're tempting you to do something bad. When you're getting tested, uh, 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 testing just gives you an opportunity to keep trusting in God when you don't understand nothing that's going on around you. It gives you that opportunity to trust in him. The second part of that, it says that uh, uh, the testing uh, of your faith, and it produces patience. When, when patience is produced, it gives you the capacity to choose 
to walk with God in, in all weird situations and uh, all those, those hard, difficult situations, you know, when you're sitting across the table from your husband and he's just running off at the mouth and talking bad, you know, it gives you that opportunity right there just to close your eyes and go sit next to a brook with Jesus while he's over here just talking. You can just, you can find, you can, you can find your patience with Jesus, as long as you've been spending time with him, you can just disappear and, and, and go into that patience with him. You go, hmm? Yeah, I'm listening to you. I hear you. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> no, I ain't laughing at you. It gives you the opportunity to do that. We need to know that there's going to be times in our lives where faith is going to be, our faith is going to be tested. But it's important to know that because you don't know if your faith is legit until it's actually been tested. You can sit in here and listen to me all day long, but you don't know if your faith in God is legit until it has been tested. Right? Like, you don't really believe that, that God can work a way out for you out of a position until you get yourself into that position where only God can work it out for you. Your faith will be tested. And it's just counted all joy because uh, during your various trials, because your faith, when your faith is tested, it produces patience. It produces patience. And patience. If you look up the word patience, I looked up the word patience in the Vines Expository Dictionary, um, because I know all of you guys have a Vines Expository Dictionary at home. Um, uh, don't, it's an app. You can download it. But when you look up the Vines Expository Dictionary, the word patience, it says that it's a fruit of the Spirit that can only be developed during trials. So... For those of you who haven't raised, didn't raise your hand in here, your fruit of the Spirit ain't being developed at all. So I'll ask one more time, how many of you have had drama in your life? It's the only way, the only way that that fruit of the Spirit, patience, will be developed. And so you need to, you need to look at it and say, oh, thank you. I'm, oh, I'm so thankful that, 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 that she left me. I'm thankful because if, I, if she didn't leave me, I'm so thankful I went through that problem with alcohol or with drugs. I'm so thankful that I went through that. You know why? Because if I didn't go through those problems there, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. So be thankful for all the trials, all the tribulations, everything that you've been through. Be thankful for it. But, and that's why we can count it all joy because it's your patience. When it's developed, it begins to mold you and shape you to look like the person of Jesus. And last, he says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. When you, when you have patience, you're going to have this perfect work done inside of you. And that doesn't mean that, that you're perfect. That doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect at all. It means that God is just maturing you. He's developing you in whatever that thing is that you're going through. So instead of when you receive that text, that nasty text, 
you know, what the Holy Spirit has done for me is he's given me the, uh, the power, the, the, the authority to hold my tongue. When, when, you know, when I'm at the, at, the, at the red light and it turns green, he's developed my patience so I don't have to honk my horn. Because there's a perfect work that's being done inside of each one of us. So I don't have to honk my horn. I can sit patiently. And that's a moment that I'm able to, to say thank you, Jesus. When that car is driving 50 miles an hour in the fast lane, I look at it as, a, as an opportunity for me not to get a ticket because I was probably speeding anyway. And so I slow down. Because that, that car that's going 50 miles an hour could just be an 89-year-old woman who's just going to pick up her husband from a doctor's appointment. It's a perfect work that's being done inside of each one of us. Patience. When I go into the DMV, I don't have to look with a disgusting look on my face at everybody else up in there because they disgusted too. I can just patiently sit down and wait for him to call D9103. That's me. Patience. He wants to develop that fruit of the Spirit inside of each one of us every single day. So anything that comes your way, know that you have a creator, the creator of the universe. It says, it says that he, he wants to, that he personally wants to talk to you. We are well beloved, yeah, well beloved by God himself, the creator of the universe. He just wants to slow you down. He wants you to know that right here in this moment, wherever you are, right here in this moment, Oh man, I'm going to do a mighty work in you. I'm going to do something in you. But you just have to look at me. Stop looking at the situation. Stop looking at the circumstances. Just look at me. Oh man, I'm going to take you some places that you don't even know, that you can't even imagine. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Spend time with him every day. Get in your Bible, get in your Word. He will speak to you directly through His Word. Let those, let those, 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 those words jump out of the page at you. They'll come to life. It's alive. The Bible is alive. And He wrote it just for you. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this amazing day, God. We thank you for your never-ending patience, Father, with us. Help us, God, to be more patient with ourselves and to be more patient with others, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to help us develop the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It's only through you, Father. Only through you, Jesus, can we get through these various trials. So this week, God, we wake up with expect expectancy, with expectations, God. 
We vow to you today, Lord, that we, we won't interrupt what you're doing in our lives. We won't interfere with your great plan, Lord. No matter what comes our way this week, Lord, we will look up instead of looking around, God. We count it all joy today, Lord. We count it all joy today. Had we not gone through the fire, Lord, we wouldn't have came out smelling like, uh, not smelling like smoke. We thank you for being in the middle of the fire. We thank you, God, for pulling us out of pits, God. We thank you, Lord, for, for, for dividing seas and allowing us to walk on dry ground, God. We thank you for being there for us through it all. We thank you, Father, for developing that fruit of patience, Lord, so that we can mature and look more like your son. We love you and we bless you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, we're going to have some uh, pastors up here that want to pray with you today. If... Uh, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never given your heart to him, we want to give you that opportunity to do that today. If that's something that you want to do, we want you just to come up and get prayed for. We want to speak to you directly. We want to touch and agree. If there's some things in your life that are going on, trials in your life right now that are going on, we want to pray with you. And so I encourage you to come this way before you go that way. Amen. I want to thank all of you guys for being here. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We love you.